we can't. Okay, all right. Theme song in three, two, one. I'm sorry, start over. All right, theme song in three, two, one. And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, C Plus Comedy. Go there. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. 226, episode number 226. Here we are, back in the show. Let's do this. Let's get after it. Never know how to start these things. Uh, what's going on in my life? I just got back from the movies. Carefree Sunday afternoon. Saw House of Gucci. AMC has this deal right now. Uh, AMC A-List is a dollar for a month, and I'm going, I used it, and now I get to see any movie I want for free for the next month. Very excited to, uh, I saw uh, Encanto on Friday night alone, adult man by myself, and a, Jesus, the people under me are moving, uh, thank goodness, and uh, they are uh, being extremely loud right now, setting, setting their stuff up to move. Anyway. So if you hear any knocking about, then that's them. Uh, so here we are. I saw I saw Encanto alone. Uh, another just a, a classic Disney affair, which means it has all the Disney machinations of a uh, a good and bad Disney movie. I also saw House of Gucci. That's where I just came from today. And uh, boy, that's a long movie. <laughs> oh man, I checked my I checked my watch a couple times. But you know, I had I had a good time with uh, both films. Uh, I did not, children were just screaming their heads off um, in House of Gucci. <laughs> no. And it's, just, it's, like, it's just hero baby in House of Gucci. <laughs> I just really love Lady Gaga. I think she's a tour de force. <laughs> Adam Dwyer is one of the best actors of, our, of our modern times. <laughs> Al Pacino was godsend. Jared Leto, a little too much Jared Leto was Jared Leto, but you know. And that is my uh, impersonation of a child. I, I, I hope I get this uh, part. I, I, I was auditioning for a part of a child uh, in, a, in a play, uh, uh, a modern day version of Oliver Twist. Um, I play Oliver Twist uh, at his regular age. Uh, and I'm, uh, but I'm still, but we're all still gonna be wearing the same kind of like, you know, 19, 19, 1800s, like uh, early 1900s, uh, homeless uh, kid garb. <laughs> hey, let's stop talking. <laughs> I also saw Annie, the Annie thing. I don't know if I talked about that last episode. I don't even know what I talk about most of the time. But the new, the Annie play on Annie play, the Annie musical on uh, uh, NBC, turning myself up here so I can hear myself. If you hear football in the background, it's uh, playing on the TV. Oh, and Nova's here. She's right behind me. You can't see her. She's on the ground. Uh, they saw the new Annie play. It was wonderful. Uh, the, the young woman, the young woman who played Annie, did a great job. What? Who else was in there? Nicole Scherzinger, Schreisinger, great, fantastic. Harry Connick Jr., wonderful. Ah, Taraji P. Henson, really, really good. Very, 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 very good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's move on because <laughs> I gotta get this episode out. <laughs> yeah, three minutes of me is enough. All right. So first things first. Here comes BuzzFeed. Here comes BuzzFeed. That's what people said when they launched the SPAC. 
I mentioned this a couple, I don't know how many episodes ago, but uh, or it might have been news time. It's probably news time. BuzzFeed went public. Buzz, BuzzFeed's a publicly traded company now, and that's not that's not unheard of in the news world. New York Times is public. Uh, uh, um, other publications are public. But BuzzFeed is one of the the new medias, the new media that is that is uh, finally public, and it has not been going well. Straight up, it's just it's just something that has not been uh, uh, working for them. This uh, comes from Recode, written by Peter Kafka. I am playing with my watch link. Uh, I got a new watch. Playing with my watch link, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if it's annoying. Peter Kafka over at Recode writes: BuzzFeed's a public company. Now what? Sublead. The fate of BuzzFeed is going to determine the fortunes of a lot of other companies. Now, truth be told, I did not think, I don't think BuzzFeed was going to do well. I mean, the New York Times, when they launched uh, years ago, decades, decades, decades ago, uh, into into being a publicly traded company, it... It wasn't fruitful even at first, uh, and and now it's. I mean, they're surviving. They're not underwater with the with the stock or anything. Not like uh, how Peloton is. Uh, but speaking of Peloton, Jesus, the Sex in the City killing Big Off and uh, Peloton being you know a part of it. That's just it's ridiculous. And and investors are stupid to go. Oh, we got to get out of this. I like Peloton. I really do. I enjoy Peloton. I use it every single day. The app and. Um, uh, it's it's dumb that that you know that that the, these financial insecurities are happening. Anyway, Kafka writes. I can hear people outside. This microphone is really strong, or the walls are thin. <laughs> Buzzfeed transformation has been rockier. Is that the TV or is it me? I'll just turn down the mic. Buzzfeed transformation has been rockier than it would have liked. Last week, when it finally morphed from a private company into a public one using a SPAC, uh, investors gave the company a thumbs down. That meant it only raised $16 million instead of $250 million that it had uh, uh, hooped to raise earlier this year. On top of that, 61 employees uh, in the BuzzFeed news operation, about 5% of the company's workforce, walked off the job last Thursday to protest the state of their negotiations for a union contract. The fact that BuzzFeed is around at all, let alone publicly traded, uh, is worth noting. I think, uh, but <laughs> I hope you heard that. <laughs> uh, BuzzFeed being uh, again, so this goes with the idea that even BuzzFeed in the new media and uh, what it is is has has uh, has has continually stumped um, what what was thought to be, you know, the, the, con- the conventional wisdom of, uh, of news. Um, I, I've stated before, I hate the name Buzzfeed, but I think that they do great, fantastic work. Uh, like when they do, when they, when they break these huge feature length stories, these huge feature pieces. And, but then it has the Buzzfeed name, the Buzzfeed news name. They have a, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like vice vice. I think vice is a good name, but I think a lot of the work they do, uh, is a little immature, uh, especially you know it's just like it's 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 all about weed, but <laughs> nothing. And that I mean I, I I I but like I said I think Vice is I think Vice is uh, 
a, a fantastic publication. They just need to grow up a little bit. You know, doing doing the grunge thing is uh, great. But anyway, back to BuzzFeed. Buzz, back to BuzzFeed. Uh, BuzzFeed, you know, they there's like two parts to it. There's that serious part that people only get to see every so often when when these writers are allowed to actually do real work. And then there's the part that uh, goes viral because of you know it's it's posted on Facebook or Twitter or you know what have you. It's it's the it's the it's the listicles. It's it's the stuff that doesn't really matter. It's it's the fat. And now they can't, they can't, uh, they can't rely on that kind of business model anymore because the other the other companies that were doing the same thing are gone, which is something that Kafka notes here in this uh, in this piece. Uh, the camera is really moving slow today. Maybe it's because uh, I have Premiere open. Let me close that down and see what else is going on here. Well, who knows if there's going to be video with this episode. <laughs> Uh, okay, it's good. It's back. So BuzzFeed being around right now, even as as Kafka points out, is just is something to behold. There's a reason why 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 uh, BuzzFeed still kicks is kicking still kicking because of, and it's because of the work that they're able to do and and also they have the uh, they have good investors. They just need to invest in themselves. But and and that's and that's a problem. And it sounds like a, uh, that's coming as like uh, an offhanded remark, but um, a joke, if you will. <laughs> but the thing is, they need to be able to uh, trust inside their writers, pay them well, and I mean, this is this this goes this goes with uh, any any publication. They need trust within their writers and be able to move in such a way that no one can predict what they're doing uh when when they when they put out a story about me too when they put out uh stories about you know abuse and like in like these just giant feature pieces and people love it and they're done well and they're written well and you know they're nominated for pulitzers I, has, has buzzfeed have won any pulitzers oh god I, i'm a, i'm all over the place today buzzfeed pulitzer uh, yes, BuzzFeed won a Pulitzer last this year. Excuse, wow! And it was by uh, uh, okay, hold on. Oh yes, uh, Bega Raja Gopalan, Allison Killing, oh boy, and Christo Buschek. Uh, amazing! That's that, that's sensational. BuzzFeed winning winning its own its own Pulitzer. And that's what happens when you really let your writers, uh, they can put your, when you let your, when you trust in your writers, they can, they can put your name back on the map. The Kafka goes into uh, what is needed for the people who work at BuzzFeed, for the people who manage it, and for the people who manage publishers not named BuzzFeed. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's a pretty fascinating uh, piece that he's done here. And this, and uh, BuzzFeed shares, they fell on the first day of that public trading and, and they're, and I mean, I think they've stabilized. I'm not going to double check cause I really don't care, but they could, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do my research. I'm not going to do my research. I mean, you know, I do my own research when it comes uh, uh, to vaccines, uh, which I do not trust. <laughs> Just joking. I got my, um, Oh, this is, yeah, this is stupid. I got my, I got my, uh, uh, uh booster. Just yeah, just hit the spot. I got my booster on Friday morning and I'm and I, you have to wait 15 minutes there to see if there's going to be any side effects or really how you feel or whatever. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the CVS and it's, it's pretty busy. Um, and, and it's, so it's, 
<laughs> there's like four chairs and they're all they're all they're all relatively well spaced. There's there's four chairs, you know, two that are like five feet apart, and then me there's and there's another one that's facing the other chairs and it's it's kind of by itself. And then there's another chair that I guess was in the way, so somebody kinda of pushed it over uh to where my chair was uh before I sat down. So I'm sitting there and then uh people are going to the pharmacy and it starts becoming a line and then this this young lady, uh bless her heart, she She's she's like she's there to get her her uh, uh, her booster as well, and the lady's like, yeah, just go sit down, and uh, when, when we call your name, you know, you just come up and we'll give it to you. So the girl turns around immediately, disregards the other two chairs I that, that she sees as she comes to the one that's, I'm and I'm not joking, quite literally, <laughs> like right right next to me, like they're touching. <laughs> And uh, like, did did looks at those? Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna sit right next to this guy. And I went. I was like, excuse me, what is going on? Uh, I just, I just, I think it's an. I, I think I have this energy that attracts uh, people, and I hate it. I genuinely do not like attracting people. Just like when I ride my bike. When I was riding down the belt, uh, I live, I live uh, on the on the thing, this thing called the Beltline, man-made trail in Atlanta, Georgia. And I, uh, I was biking from, I was biking home from the movie theater, and. Uh, and every time, like there's, there's other people on the bike. There's, there's other people biking. There's, other, there's people on the. It's a busy. It's Sunday afternoon. Busy, busy time for that pathway. And I'm biking, and uh, people are looking at me as if they've never seen a bike before. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm being nice. I'm going like on your left, and you know, I, there's nothing crazy about the bike or anything. It's just I <laughs> get eyes like this guy is on a two wheeled uh, motorless vehicle. <laughs> Also, I get those I get those same stares when I wear a mask in um in the uh in in public. I go I'm in the store, I wear a mask, and people will be like, He's a mask? How what? Why does he what is he covering his face for? It's 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 so stupid how um we are uh marginalized. We're marginalized. How is it hot? It is December 12th. It is hot in my apartment. And I don't have the heat on. I haven't turned it on. I haven't had the need to. It's chilly outside, but it's hot in here. Heat rises. Shares of BuzzFeed closed down 11% from its starting price on Monday, capping a disappointing first day. Uh, it did see a spike. It was up thirty five percent Monday, which um, which happens. It's it's that's what happens in stocks. And, well, I mean it's it's diff- it's easy to say we'll see we'll see like if it bounces back, but uh, it'll be interesting to to note if if it if it ever does as well as um, New York Times is doing. And New York Times is not doing hot itself on the on the stock stock exchange. Look at look at me talking about the stock exchange. This next one comes. Oh, it's the, oh God, jeez. Oh, this is the same. Oh, this is the same story for uh, Alex Weprin, Hollywood Reporter. Revenge of the SPAC? Question mark. UTA, BuzzFeed, and maybe stars making moves. Re- I remember at the earlier in the year, SPACs were SPACs were hot, and now it's kind of it's it's kind of gauche to see. Uh, and and what and how a SPAC works is uh, a, a, t- a company like BuzzFeed will team up with. 
a, a, a smaller shell company or smaller yeah a smaller shell company unknown shell company and and they'll basically be driven to the public stock exchange and it's an it's a quick way to make money uh, and it's a quick way to tell the world that you are serious about making money but it is it also has only worked for a handful of companies versus it's it's like it's like it's like somebody going I want to get famous I'm going to start a TikTok but there's also 20 million other people making a TikTok so we get TikTok Billy Eilish SNL we have a TikTok sketch that so funny that's it that's what i was gonna say and now the biden administration is going to crack down on uh on on SPACs. um they did they, they blocked the sale of simon and schuster uh oh god who were they selling it to uh simon and schuster was being sold to penguin house or random house excuse me and it was going to become one of the biggest uh, uh it was just becoming a monopoly in the book publishing company and book book publishing uh, book publishing company uh, in the book publishing world. I want to see Simon and Schuster and Simon and Garfunkel and Gar- Simon and Garfunkel and Oates. Has anyone said that before? Random House. Was it Random House? Yeah, it was Random House. Penguin Random House. I was right. I was right. It was Penguin Random House. I was going to, I said Penguin before, and then I was going to say Random House after the fact. I was correct. All right. So what does this mean for stars as well? The streaming service and pay TV channel has 30 million paid subscribers and owner Lionsgate said last month it is exploring its options. Lionsgate vice chairman Michael Burns told analysts that the decision was driven by the quote opportunity to potentially unlock significant shareholder value under a scenario where investors have the ability to value our studio assets and stars separately. He added quote recent transaction um, uh, multiples in the media space give us confidence that exploring alternate paths is prudent. This is kind of referring to uh, how Discovery, how AT&T, rather, uh, spun off Warner Media and gave it to Discovery. It gave it to Discovery. And now they're working with Discovery. Uh, I am not impressed with what Stars has to offer, period. They do have that blind spotting show. Um, uh, it, but I don't think... Who... Why does Lionsgate own stars? Why aren't they in the pay TV skate, uh, uh, world? Um, well, where can where could stars go? I mean, there's there's nowhere for it to go. It's kind of the rotten. St- well, I mean, you know, actually, if anything's the rotten stepchild, I was about to say, uh, it would be well, Cinemax. Cinemax. I, I I don't know why it's it's still around. It's it's which and it, I, I believe it's owned by Warner, and it's still and it's just kind of. Like you can subscribe to it by itself, but who would want it? It's the runoff from um, HBO. It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, interestingly enough, in this article, I forgot who wrote it. <laughs> Sorry, let me let me go back up. I got to give Alex Weprin. Weprin mentions uh, uh, Discovery CEO David Zasloff, who's now the big head in front of uh, Discovery and Warner Media. He has not expressed ex- uh, similar enthusiasm uh, in, re- in reference to the uh, uh, Lionsgate guy. Lionsgate guy. 
He has not expressed a similar enthusiasm for gaming, and AT&T says the WB Game Studio will be split up when the merger is complete, keeping some of its studio with the telecom giant and others with Warner Bros. Discovery. Video games are a a finance source that the studio, uh, says the studio or its assets, which includes uh, big studios like Rocksteady and NetherRealm. Rocksteady uh, created the Batman video games and the uh, Shadow of, uh, what is it called? Shadow of Mordor, but what's the first name? Lord of the Rings. It's a Lord of the Rings game. Oh, jeez. I played all of them. Whatever. I mean, video games are a lucrative thing, and they're, you're always going to get good assets from that. But I think I, I see, you know, these TV people and uh, in, in AT and T uh, kind of not respecting that that world has 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 the ability to be reached into. Uh, again, we're still talking about the BuzzFeed SPAC story. This is all a part of the same thing, and it is. It's easier to it's easier to sell those, but it's I don't you know in the long run if you want your bottom line, yeah, they cost a lot to make, but jeez, uh, you make you make a good like the Spider Man games. You make a good game, and people are just gonna love it. They're gonna love it and uh, be able to purchase it. <laughs> really taper it off at the end there. BuzzFeed's only left with 16 million. Uh, companies are being spun off. It's trying to it's trying to uh, fight in a world where people only recognize names as opposed to capital, and uh, they got neither. Are we done with this? All right, that was three stories. 20 minutes. Let's move 17 minutes. Let's move on. Where is UK diversity in TV and film now? There was a whole big whole stank last year in June of 2020. This comes from Minori Ravindran. Uh, one year ago, stars like Gugu and Batha Ra called out the lack of diversity in UK film and TV. Has anything changed? So, because uh, in the uh, do in the height of Black Lives Matter, June 2020, there was a another movement. A three-page letter began circling across the UK and TV film industry with four commands from its signatories. Banish your weak excuses, be more demanding, expand your vision, and empower black and brown independent producers. There has, uh, it was signed by uh, people like Chichwetel Ejiofor, Colin Firth, Florence Pugh. Oddly enough, I think uh, Colin Firth and Florence Pugh uh, both star in a uh, lot of movies without people of color in it. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's just another. It's just another uh, 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 tale of of uh, you know white people saying it but not doing it, white actors saying it but not doing it, and producers and all that stuff. But I don't. It, I don't think it's really changed uh, in 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 that sense. You know, movies like The Father, and yeah, I've never seen it, and I know it's about a family, uh, about a father at least. <laughs> but uh, there are no people of color in it. Um, there's there's whole, you know, uh, 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 boy, you know, White Lotus. I know what that's about. I understand. But still, the the main, the people on top of the, you know, above the line are still going to be, you know, the the white people starring in it. Um, it's, and, and the, yes, those aren't wholly British things, but whatever. I don't care. Shows like Chernobyl. Yes, I know it takes place in Russia in the past. But still, not one brown face to be seen. There's more people of color in House of Gucci than uh, uh, there's been in, in a lot of movies this past year, in a lot of TV shows this past year. 
My God, I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, it was very loud. I mean, diversity as much as, you know, uh, uh, mental health is, uh, has, is a buzz phrase. I mean, I did use the bunny ears. They're called quotes. As much as mental health is a buzz phrase, I, I think we really need to start digging into, you know, if we're going to have to start caring about how people feel in their brains, uh, care about it, uh, how, they, how they're represented on screen. And again, diversity is not just skin color. It's also uh, uh, queerosity and uh, queerosity. I'm going to start using that. I like, I like queerosity. If it's offensive, tell me. Queerosity and um, uh, 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 differently abled people. I'm trying to think of a, a nice way to say it. Uh, not a nice way. The right way to say it. In television, only 9.3% of producers making programs from the main UK broadcasters between August 2019 and July 2020, the most recent period with statistics available, were from black, Asian, and minority ethnic BAME groups, according to industry org Diamond. Overall, off-screen contributions from BAME groups actually dropped from 12.3% in 2018-2019 to 11.8%. In 2019-2020. Glaringly, the genre with the worst off-screen representation is drama, which is sorely lacking in any BAME, I just say BAME, uh, presence, and that of disabled workforce. It makes me, I, I, I wonder, you know, working on, uh, have, being in this industry, uh, and, and having, you know, been on sets and whatnot, uh, a movie like, oh boy, Little Women, a movie like Little Women, where there's no, like zero people of color except for the one serving, you know, the playing the serving characters. Uh, does anyone, what's the, what are the work, not work conditions, what is the work life, I guess, I don't know, of, uh, of a person of color that's working on the set? You know, is the camera operator who's probably a person, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, probably not. Uh, any producers were, you know, I doubt any producers people of color, uh, because Greta Gerwig is just a work of people of color. And, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I wonder like if I'm the sound person and I, or I'm a gaffer and I'm just standing there, am I looking around going, my God, there are no, there's no darkies here. Meanwhile, the British Film Institute's most recent diversity and inclusion statistics indicate that non-white producers receive only 14% of BFI funding in 2019 and 2020, up from the paltry 5% in 2018-2019. Oh, man. And, it's, and even though these numbers, you know, are slowly increasing, it's just not fast enough. We, you know, you have to fight. When you're fighting a war, you have to fight multiple battles and it's getting kind of tiresome to just you know take on one thing at a time because it i mean you know we it's it goes mental health and it goes to race and then it goes to uh gender and 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 it's we should be fighting for everybody all the time and uh, the UK in this in this is just has just been appalling when it comes to 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 its lack of diversity. And I would love to see it change, but the change comes from the people with the money in charge. 
all if if Colin Firth and Florence Pugh really want to change something, then go hey, no one here is a person of color. No, everyone, everyone, you know, it's or no one here is queer, or no one here. Oh, you can't ask that. You can't ask that at a, at a job, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's you. You have to be. You have to be held accountable. You have to do the job, instead of just saying, um, instead of just you know detesting it. Hey Google, turn on the lamp. It's too dark for me to not do that. Thank you. It's uh, and it and it feels kind of. De- You're welcome. All right, we'll appreciate it. And, and it's kind of, and I I know I did did that in the middle of a serious thing, <laughs> but it was getting too dark. You see, it's getting too dark in here. And uh, you have to you have to be held accountable, and you have to you can't just say something's detestable and not do anything about it. Uh, so all those again, I mean, I, I keep referring back to this because it's something that's seared in my head. When uh, uh, Frances McDonald was at. <laughs> The Oscars, and she said, "Inclusion writer," and then all the all of her white, you know, uh, actor friends and producers and directors and writers—they all stood up and were cla- well, writers aren't the Oscars, but they were. Cla- <laughs> I'm just joking, uh, but they were like clapping and standing. Uh, it. How many of those people actually followed through on that? And it, it, again, not not many, not many of them. And I don't care if a movie is made. And it's, uh, uh, I don't care if a Steven Spielberg is making a biopic about himself and it's set in 19, you know, 60, uh, change one of the colors of the characters. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't make, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. How are we, like, how are we going to still make the, like, like Tom Hanks and God love him. He's a great actor and I, and I'm, and he's a great guy and I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. Like the last like five of his movies have just been movies uh, that don't star people of color or feature any people of color, and uh, and that and that's I I notice it I notice it when I'm watching the movie and uh, no matter how good it is and I or a TV show no matter how good it is I was in there I go oh, like Succession I really like Succession and if it weren't for the uh, the the two women that work for uh, Jeremy Strong's character. Uh, there would be no people of color in that show, and and it's and it's super noticeable. And I know, I get it. It's about a family. I don't care. How <laughs> add adds adds look. All it takes is just adding. You know, let's see, above. I don't know a person of color in the role who walks by once was an episode to see it and goes. Hey everybody, I'm here. <laughs> you know, just every episode. <laughs> like same thing on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. When someone says, "I'm," I made a show. I made a movie with all my friends and all my friends, and then all the friends are like, you know, white. I go, oh, well, you need to get some new friends. <laughs> and and adding to this, Elsa Kesslassi over at Variety writes. Non-white characters represent less than 20% of French film protagonists. What's that show on Netflix? Uh, uh, Lupin. Lupin. That is, I mean, that show talks about race. And, and, uh, and I, st- I don't think anybody's hearing these things. I don't think, I think we see these numbers and we go, this is bad. And then we just move on. Uh, Lupin is like one of the, is I think, I think it's, it's the only French project I've seen 
that has a person of color starring in it. But also, you know, there's not a lot of French stuff coming out. I don't watch those stinky cheese eaters. <laughs> a new study from the advocacy group Collective 5050 surveying French films from 2019 has revealed that 62% of local film protagonists are perceived as white, highlighting the underrepresentation of visible minorities in French cinema. The study, titled Senegalites, that is uh, that was a Spanish pronunciation, Chad. Senegal, uh, French. Bonjour, Senegalites. No, I can't even do it was unveiled during a day-long conference hosted by Collective 5050 on December 8th. Out of 115 highest-budgeted and highest-grossing French films of 2019, like Le Spider-Man, was Bon Morning Vietnam. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Out of 115 highest budgeted and high, highest grossing French films in 2019, that survey, you got to make yourself laugh, showed uh, that only 13% of leading characters are perceived as non-white, 49% are perceived as white males, 23% as white females, 6% as non-white females, and 8% is black, 7% is black, 8% is Arab, 1% is Asian. It's just astounding that these, <clears throat> that, that, that we can't, that there's that there's no visibility for this. You know, I think I I I this, so this is this is all trade website stuff. Uh, I wonder I wonder if it had, and this is and this is something I I genuinely tried to do when I worked in the news. I wonder if there was some type of uh, platform for this for these types of stories other than the trade websites. Like if, like if CNN reported on this or if NBC said something, then it would get more visibility versus this is, this is news coming from people in the industry and people in the industry are the ones seeing it as well. Would it take, you know, would it take somebody on TikTok? Yeah. I like, like sometimes I'll hear a story broke from TikTok and I wonder if it, if it would take, somebody big on there or on Instagram or on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, some, someone somewhere on one of these popular social media platforms to go. There's no representation in these Disney movies. There's no representation in these uh, Warner movies and in Lionsgate and any of this stuff. And here are the numbers. This is a study came out two weeks ago. Would that be effective? Would that be something that people would finally listen to and go, Great! I will not watch this uh, Martin Scorsese movie. I will not watch this Greta Gerwig movie because there are no people of color. I, I wonder if it. I wonder if it would take that, or you know, uh, this movie like uh, Licorice Pizza. There's no people. Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA. Married to Greta Gerwig. I hope I got all of that right. I I genuinely hope I got every last bit of that right. Is that Paul Thomas Anderson? Oh, he was born on he was born on my birthday. Okay, hold on. Paul Thomas Anderson is married to by Rudolph. Then who's married to Greta Gerwig? All right, I'm gonna do this. 
Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig's husband is uh, Noah Baumbach. Oh, Jesus Christ. But Paul Thomas Anderson still has a movie. Uh, and he, Paul, Noah Baumbach doesn't make movies with people of color in it either. Uh, but Licorice Pizza is the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. And there's not one person of color in it. I just saw a trailer with it. I know it takes place in 1973. I just saw a trailer for it, though. Uh, and it's also two and a half hours long. <laughs> and uh, it just, oh, oh, two hours long. Oh, Maya Rudolph's in it. Great. She's the representer. But these movies that are being talked about constantly, you know, these movies that are Oscar contenders, where's the representation? Who knows? And let's, uh, let's do some cleanup stories. This comes from the Wall Street Journal, written by Lillian Rizzo and Joe Flint. Comcast weighs pulling some content from Hulu in effort to boost Peacock. Now, if anything, I have to, I have to do something right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. One of these articles is behind a paywall, and I've got to take it out from behind the paywall, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh no, that's the wrong link. Oh, that's the real the wrong link. The real the the real the wrong link. I've got so much Italian in me right now because I've been watching that because I watched that House of Gucci film. Okay. <laughs> oh god this is what happens when you have to produce your own thing okay here we go comcast uh as we know disney bought um uh, fox which which gave it majority shares of hulu because hulu was owned by disney fox uh nbc just a conglomerate of companies uh before streaming became what it is today and when Disney bought Fox, the writing was on the wall for and and and, and Comcast uh, said that they were making NBC Universal Comcast whatever that said that they were making uh, of um, Peacock. Writing was on the wall essentially that the deal for Hulu could expire or you know just be broken up. Uh, Hulu again rotten stepchild of the streaming world of the Disney world. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's the adult, it's adult streamer or it's a streamer that's supposed to be for everybody. Whereas Disney plus is, you know, for families and Disney plus is like wanted and Hulu is just kind of there. And again, Hulu is my favorite streamer. Second favorite. It has been, it is look, they moved my stuff. They said the, the section where I have this things in my stuff, they moved it to the end of the line. So I got to go, I got to search for it. Anyway, NBC Universal, which owns one third of Hulu with Walt Disney uh, controlling the rest, has to make a decision soon under the terms of an agreement with Disney. NBC Universal has a one time window to exit from the content licensing agreement between the two early next year. If it doesn't exercise the option, the content will remain there until at least 2024. Peacock is not doing well. I I don't just just straight up. Peacock is not doing well. They have they canceled AP Bio, which sucks, and I love that show. Uh, and you know, quite frankly, watching anything on Peacock just stinks. So I w- I would think that Comcast would be smart enough to. We've seen streamers fail. We've seen Quibi failed in a matter of months. Uh, uh, NBC's other uh, streamer, CISO, failed within a year and a half, two years. I know because I paid for every single month up until it failed. 
It stopped. So why does it make sense for them to pull out of a sure bet like Hulu and stick with the slow horse that is Peacock? Hulu needs attention. The uh, it's it's kind of it's Disney has a three-headed Cerberus with streaming, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and uh, 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 Hulu. Hulu's been around the longest, and I find it to have a stable base. Disney Plus is a money grocer, and that's the thing that's going to pay for all this stuff. And then ESPN Plus is the thing that. I would be concerned about because it's uh, it's an app that just doesn't seem to uh, comply. There's taco sauce on my monitor. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. Friday night, I'm biking back from, uh, I'm about to bike back from the movie theater. And then I go, uh, I want some dinner because it's 8 o'clock at night. And I, I got to get dinner. So there's a taco place and, uh, nearby. And I go, great. I'm going to go get some tacos. Go get the tacos. You know, call a friend while I'm waiting for them to be cooked. And uh, I have my book bag with me as well. So I put, so the tacos come and I put this very thick paper bag inside of, like, inside my book bag. And, um, and then I, I, I bike back home and I come, I come home and put this stuff on the table. And there's just, just grease and taco sauce everywhere inside my book bag and on the side of the bag. And I go, Oh God, uh, the, the paper, you know, the paper, uh, containers that they put the tacos in just destroyed. Anyway. So, uh, I moved. So at, at one point, you know, I, I put everything on the table and then I moved like stuff that had taco sauce over here, including my book bag. Uh, and some of this, I guess got on the, uh, monitor. Either that or Nova is uh, sneezing on my work monitor. Okay, just joking. She's hungry. She's ready to eat. It is 529. So, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, right, Disney Hulu. So, uh, ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus. that 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 is what makes up Disney's streaming. Now that you can access ESPN Plus content on Hulu... I think they should phase out uh, ESPN Plus as its own app. Uh, but this goes back to what I, I, I constantly, I think this whenever I watch Peacock. Peacock should have been, if anything, if it wanted to separate itself, Peacock should have been not a, its own separate service, but its own separate channel within the uh, within other streamers. I You should be able, and I understand that the point of making money is you want to make all the money and not split it up, but... If I if I could go to Amazon channels, if I could go to Apple TV Plus, if I could go to Hulu and subscribe to Peacock, that that little network inside of those apps, then that would be a better deal than having to rely on this janky app that just does not work most of the time. And you can, like they can rely on ads, they can, you know, they can do all the stuff. They can offer free months, but when it comes to not even this goes back to BuzzFeed not trusting his writers, you got to be able to to trust in the app. You they're 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 doing half the work over there at NBC Universal, and uh and and cutting off a a stable leg for uh, that is that is Hulu would not help them in the long run. 
Because I, I, like, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed with Hulu. They stayed with this Hulu deal. Sure, fine. You, you, you are not majority owner, but I mean, see if you can get a uh, half ownership and also foot some, so you can have a lot. Uh, you can, you can have a lot more say in what is done with Hulu. Because I think, if anything, uh, so in two years' time, you know, I could see Peacock being phased out. Just like I can see Discovery Plus being phased out. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to be... I think the Peacock moniker will be around. Because you need competition. Because you can't just give it all to Disney Plus and uh, uh, Netflix. But it's... It's 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 better that, you know, if you want to, if you want it to stick around like that, then you got to be able to, uh, uh, you know, take a little bit more responsibility. Like if if I was a child and I and you know if I was a teenager and I wanted my own car or I wanted to go out and you know use my my my, my parents' car to drive, then I got to take out the trash, you know. I got to do, you got to do chores. You have to be able to be trustworthy and NBC universal going, okay, well, let's get out of this Hulu deal and let's really put it all in the peacock. It's not going to work because you can't build an app up from the bottom anymore. Unless you have that, you, unless you have that, the backing that Disney had that kind of fan base, there's never going to be another Netflix. There's never going to be another Disney plus ever. And so a company like Apple, a company, uh, NBC universal, them jumping in, them thinking that they can uh, take it as high in that stratosphere as uh, these other two. I mean, Disney Plus is a one once in a lifetime, once in a, excuse me, one in a million shot. It just, like, is, we've seen other streamers fail. Or we've seen other streamers plateau. And even though, and speaking of plateauing, Disney Plus has plateaued to subscribers. But even though that has happened, it just... It's Disney Plus versus NBC Universal Peacock. <laughs> and I love to watch SNL. I love watching SNL. Put it on Hulu. Put all that stuff on Hulu. I'd rather I'd rather pay that extra I'd rather pay that five dollars, which I don't pay for Peacock. This is the only streaming service I don't pay for. I'd rather, see I use Peacock for free. That's how I get all the SNL. That's that's true. Uh I would, or all the old SNL. I would rather pay that five dollars to Hulu or to Amazon or to Apple TV Plus because it's a channel in there than to have that app on my iPad, on my phone, on my TV any longer. So let's get back to the story. If NBC Universal decides to pull its content, it would disappear from Hulu by the fall of 2022. You're just going to lose viewers. Chicago PD, The Voice, Saturday Night Live. You're just going to lose viewers on that stuff. If it goes to Peacock, because no, I because nobody wants to pay that money. It's not Paramount Plus, which was CBS All Access. It doesn't have it doesn't have that type of built-in audience, and it's not Disney, so it doesn't make sense for this to happen. Uh, oh, and also, I uh, there's also you can if you're a creator, if you're a, a good enough creator with a with a good enough um, deal. Hulu has a separate, you know, long-term agreements with with uh, shows that would remain on, you know, that are that are on NBC or on Fox or whatever, what or Comedy Central, what have you. Uh, 
and uh, while while other shows from those same networks are on there, like shows like Thirty Rock, Will and Grace, uh, SVU, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights is everywhere, whereas Thirty Rock is only on Hulu and Netflix, I believe, or it trades back and forth between both of those, and Peacock as well. Uh, also, pulling stuff from Hulu uh, would be would also help Peacock just a little bit. It could also damage NBC Universal's bottom line because it is a co-owner of Hulu and shares in its success. That moves a move that harms Hulu could also lower the value of NBC Universal's holdings. Uh, okay, let's keep going. As part of the uh, the argument, Comcast believes Hulu could be worth more if Disney expanded the service internationally. See, look, look at that. That's how you. That's how you're, you're setting up. You're helping out. People familiar with the matter said Disney has instead focused its international efforts on Disney Plus. Which, yeah, that makes sense. Disney has is that Universal name, while Hulu is not. Um, and also, they bought Star. So it's so now that Star was the big streamer in India, but uh, but now as Disney uh, plus Hot Star. It, uh, it's it, now Disney has that name out there. You can do the same thing with Disney. If Disney releases, you know, Hulu in India or in China, in Japan and says Disney Hulu, people are going to subscribe. I think Brooklyn nine, nine is on Disney plus Hotstar uh, over there overseas. I believe so. It's, it's stuff like that. Like Brooklyn Nine-Nine's on Netflix in Canada. That's just, how, that's just how agreements work. In a recent fourth quarter earnings release, Hulu currently has 43.8 million subs. That's up 20% from the same period last year. And a lot of that is the deals that they do with uh, Spotify, like student stuff. Hulu's free with some other things, you know. Uh, Disney Plus said it uh, added just over 2 million subs in the uh, quarter, uh, quarter ending October 2nd. Bring its total to 100 and 18.1 million being bundled with Disney plus and ESPN plus since November, 2019 has been also been a boost since then. 81% of Hulu's net subscriber additions stem from the bundle, according to analytics data from firm antenna still inside Disney. Hulu is often viewed as a stepchild. I said this before people close to the streaming service said it, it's content is more adult than Disney plus and not necessarily in sync with the family friendly brand of Disney. You know, this, I mean, I guess it's kind of fortunate that I can relate this. Uh, I, in House of Gucci, one of the problems uh, why Gucci just kind of was bottoming out in the in the eighties and nineties was because it stuck behind. It was stuck behind, you know, in the past as a family brand. Whereas uh, it took Tom Ford and the the new CEO Domenico to uh, really experiment and and take things uh, to take things to new heights. So that's what that's what Disney needs to do with Hulu. Yes, they're a family-friendly company, but at some point they've got to be able to go. We've got we we gotta we gotta use uh, the 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 names that we have, like Hit Monkey and the Modoc Show, and yes, those are TV MA rated shows, but they were so funny and so good and dark and you know handmaid's tale i mean you inherited this you made you helped make this just just trust in yourself hulu president last month uh, kelly campbell left to become president of peacock we'll see where that goes 
there's tension between Hulu and Disney. Peacock had 54 million signups and 20 million monthly active accounts, Comcast said in July, the last time the company gave any metrics. During its most recent earnings release, Comcast didn't disclose any updates about Peacock, which analysts and industry insiders took as a sign of disappointing growth. I, don't, I just don't think uh, exclusives really work out like that. And this final one, the same story, comes from uh, Variety. VIP plus Variety Intelligence Platform. Written by Kevin Tran. And uh, it just talks about the same thing we basically just talked about. I'm just realizing that right now. But it's, it gives a lot of numbers uh, into how many shares, uh, who all owns Disney and how many shares. It's uh, independent people as well, uh, or companies as well. But Disney, Viacom, CBS, NBC Universal, Warner Media, Sony, AMC Networks, A&E Networks, Lionsgate, and BBC. That's nine different media companies that back Hulu. Hulu, Hulu's like the NPR of, uh, of the streaming world. And that's how Hulu. That's why Hulu's catalog is so diverse. Ugh. I just, I just, I, th- I think Hulu's great. All right, let's get out of here. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website cpluscomedy.com where there are uh, games and toys that any person could have. No, there's uh, I, that's where I do stuff. If you want to see a video version of the show, head to youtube.com slash cpluscomedy. You can uh, see me sitting in my chair in a shirt that I work out at, at the gym with. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Also on youtube.com slash cpluscomedy is a, our premiere video show, News Time. Uh, I have I have not done an episode in two weeks, but I have two episodes already shot. I just need to edit them. Uh, and then also... After this recording, this is I have one more episode to shoot for the year. <laughs> one more episode. It's going to be huge. I can't wait. It's something I've been planning for a year and a half. It's about the Nielsen ratings, and uh, it sounds boring, but, man, it's going to be great. Um, and uh, let's see. Then after that, we have blooper episodes as well as um, the year in comedy or whatever the heck I do for that middle week. If you want to see a video version of the news time, what else? Instagram, Twitter, at C plus comedy. I'll be on Instagram and Twitter at Chad Black White, even though I don't post. Uh, Like us on Facebook, rate, review, subscribe to the show, wherever you you get those things. Tell your friends about it. It's a pretty good show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 